Uh, so this past winter break just is over. Are, are you guys sad about that? I mean, when do you go back to school? In a day? Two days? Next week? I know, it's so depressing. Hey, who, let's, let's think about the good. Who did something fun over Christmas break? There's like two people. Everyone else hated it? Who, who did something fun? Let me see some hands. Who wants to share the fun thing that they did with everyone? Huh? Huh? What'd you do? Disneyland. Come on. That's awesome. Did you ride any rides? Good, good. <laughs> Who else did something fun? Huh? Yeah, I went to Hawaii. Hawaii. Just for fun? Do you have family there or friends or vacation? Oh, nice. Hawaii. Smoothie King. I, I, that's, that's an exotic place, isn't it? I've, I've heard. Is that in the Philippines? Australia? Smooth, smooth Eye King? Is that how you pronounce it? Smooth Eye, it's one word. Smooth Eye King. Yeah, I've heard of it. It's supposed to be beautiful. Gorgeous. Who else did something fun? Ah, ha, ha. My man. The new Star Wars. Hey, just raise your hand if you like the new Star Wars. Come on. Be, yeah. Raise the hand if you don't like it so we can shame you. It was amazing. No, no, don't you dare. No, some people liked it, some people hated it. I liked it. All right, so Christmas break was great. Um, it was a good time for me as well. Um, Justin had challenged us early in December with something that, that I've never done before. Uh, so he challenged us with something that he's done for years now. So each kind of winter break time, he sits down with the Lord and just asks God, hey God, what do you want to show me for my coming year? What, what do you want to teach me for this next year? What do you want to prepare me for? Uh, how do you want to change me? And so he challenged us uh, as the staff team. He said, hey guys, I want you to do the same. Just go to God over these next few weeks and ask him what he wants to show you in 2018. And so I did that. Beginning of December, I just started praying, God, what do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me? And I kept praying and praying, and, and God really spoke to me nothing during that whole month, like nothing. I just kept praying and praying, and I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm good to go. Man, I'm, am I perfect, God? Have I arrived? Nothing? Really? Okay. So I was praying the whole time, just waiting for God to say something, um, and I didn't hear anything, so I just, okay, I'll just keep praying and see what happens. Well, December 31st, New Year's Eve, God just captured my heart for what he wanted to teach me the coming year. And so um, just a little small lesson there in persevering in prayer. Just keep praying until you hear an answer from God. Uh, it took me a whole month, but he answered me in a very powerful way. Um, and so as I was praying about what he wanted to teach me, he led me to a, a verse that I had read countless times before. Um, it's in Proverbs, Proverbs 25, 28, and it says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. So I, I had read that verse dozens and dozens of times before, uh, making my way through the Proverbs. I just kind of glanced over it like, um, okay, that's, that's cool. I don't get it, whatever. But God really captured my heart in a new way with this verse uh, here in these past few weeks. And so uh, I, as I was praying about it, I was like, God, why are you showing this to me? And so I started thinking back on my life. It's like, okay, how do I, do I need more self-control? Okay, so thinking back on my life, 
And I just kind of did a, an inventory of my history. And thinking back on my life, man, self-control or a lack thereof has been like the bane of my existence. So growing up, I had uh, almost zero self-control. Like I, I didn't learn self-discipline for whatever reason. And so w- whatever I felt, I did. And it came back to bite me in the butt time after time again. I mean, just to give you an example, like I, in, in high school, my senior year of high school, and my seniors we got in here, you, you might relate to this feeling, um, I did not want to be at school. And so I had a coach in my first period. Therefore, I slept in a lot because coaches are notoriously uh, lax in their enforcement of the rules. And so I ended up having 55 tardies in one semester um, just because, yeah, I know, I know, shame, shame me. Um, I had 55 tardies all because I had no self-control. I, I would wake up late and I'd be like, eh, it's school. I'll just come in whenever I want to come in. And I would show up to this dude's class literally like 15 minutes before he got done. I would walk in the door and everyone would look at me and I'd just be like, I guess, I'm just take a seat. And he wouldn't do anything because he didn't care. He was a coach. And so uh, I should have been expelled from that or at least given detention or whatever, flogged. I don't know what they do nowadays. But I should have gotten some sort of punishment for that, but I didn't. Uh, and that was just one example of a lifestyle of no self-control. Um, the, I didn't have self-control in almost every area. I, I had no self-control in, in how I ate. I had no self-control in, in being active and exercising. I had no self-control in, in doing homework. I had no self-control in, in reading. I had no self-control in lust, and it led to a really strong porn addiction. Like, lack of self-control just engulfed everything that was about me growing up, and it came back to bite me time and time again. And so as God was speaking to me this verse, I was like, okay, God, yeah, there's something here. There's something to this. And so we all have areas that we need to work on. None of us are perfectly self-disciplined. And so just ask God real quick, what, God, what areas do I struggle with in self-control? Do you have something in mind? We all have something. This verse is saying that a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. So, I mean, it's, it's a simple verse, but it's also kind of weird. Like, okay, if, if the student building didn't have walls, that'd be like me not having self-control. Yeah, I don't get it, God. But if we dig further into what this is saying, I think we'll find some really powerful truths here. And so um, we want to know what spiritual reality is being communicated through this kind of practical sounding verse. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what happens to a city when it has broken walls? If it's saying that a lack of self-control is like not having any walls around your city, what does that mean? Well, it's very different than in our day and time as it was back then. Like, if I were to say right now, hey, do you have walls around your city? Um, That'd be kind of weird. Like, if you had uh, a wall, like a 30-foot wall surrounding your house with, like, a moat, either you're a crazy, paranoid person, 
or you're a drug dealer. Like one of the two, walls nowadays are, are a little bit different than they were back then. But back in biblical times, if you didn't have a wall, you were completely vulnerable. So show me my Jericho. So this is the city of Jericho. If you guys are familiar with the story, the Israelites, uh, God tells them to go take over this city. And they look at it, they're like, uh, God, you serious? I don't think so. God tells them, okay, just march around the city seven times and then blow some trumpets after a week and boom, I'm going to give you the city. And so that's what they do. They, they march around and they blow these trumpets and these walls just come crumbling down and just like that, the city is one. This was like the most uh, indestructible city in ancient Israel, Egypt, wherever this was, ancient Middle East. Um, this was a like world-renowned city for its defensive uh, abilities because of these walls. But once the walls fell, the city fell. Show me the next picture of, of Jericho. So you can see, this is kind of an aerial view of Jericho. You have these giant walls around the front, and you actually have two layers of walls. So there's a kind of outer perimeter, and then there's the inner perimeter for, I don't know, the rich people or whoever that is. There's two different levels. And you can see, if you look around, that there's only one entrance. There's no entrance on the back side or on this front side. It's only on that far right side is there an entrance. And, and not only is there one entrance, there's two. So they would have two giant doors or gates set up right there so that they could keep people out or let people in. And so what do the walls mean to this city? Well, just think about it. Like, this, this wall... This giant, enormous wall is their protection from enemies. It's their protection from uh, wild, crazy animals, like lions and tigers and bears. Uh, this is protection against nature. If they have crazy windstorms, sandstorms, um, the walls are the, they make or break the strength of the city. The walls make or break their strength. And so what does that mean spiritually to us. Well, I mean, just think about it. If, if the enemy is wanting to attack this city, the way it is right now with these giant walls, they have one way to attack. They have one entrance. The enemy has to funnel in to that one door. They have to break down that door while, while the defenders are up on the, the wall, shooting arrows, throwing rocks, pouring la lava. Can you do that? No, oil, pouring oil. So they have to break through one door. Not only that, but if they get through that one door without dying first, then they have to go to that second gate into the inner courtyard, the inner perimeter. So they have two walls, that they have to, two doors they have to break down in order to take over this city. This is a very strong, defensive, defensible city. Okay, now I want you to imagine that there are no walls. So everywhere you see a wall, imagine it's just dust. There's a giant army coming against this city. Where do they attack? Everywhere. Everywhere. You just do 360 de degrees around. You just swarm them like ants, and they're done. Because they, they have to thin out all of their defenders all across the entire perimeter of the city rather than focusing on that one entrance. That's what happens when there's no walls. And so what does this mean to us spiritually? Well... I think it means a lot to us. Spiritually, you are the city. 
So you are spiritually, just imagine yourself, you are uh, the, the buildings and the people inside of these walls. And God has given us the gift of self-control to protect us from our enemies. The walls in this instance are the main source of protection against the enemies. And so if you walk in a way without self-control, if you have no self-control, then you have no protection. You are vulnerable to all of the enemy's attacks from every single direction. That's what happens when we don't control our our passions, when we have no self-discipline. The enemy has free reign to just influence us however he wants, however he pleases. So we're talking about the enemies that are attacking us. What, What are our spiritual enemies? Well, first of all, we have our flesh. We have our sinful nature that is constantly at war with the spirit that God has put inside of us. And so Romans 8, 13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Guys, our our flesh is constantly at war with the spirit that God has put inside of us. And if we don't walk in self-control, that flesh will be the ruler of our city. So we have our flesh as an enemy. We, We also have demons. Satan is our spiritual enemy. The, the unseen world, there, there are demons all over the place that are, that are attacking us constantly. Listen to 1 Peter 5.8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So imagine in the, the instance of our city, if there are no walls on that city, a lion can just make his way into a house, go back out, another house, go back out, another, a, a lion could wreak havoc if a city does not have walls. That's the same thing that the enemy does to us a lot of times when we will not choose to walk in self-discipline, self-control. You know, and, and so often in our lives, I think that if we uh, allow ourselves to not walk in self-control in one area, that it just snowballs into all the other areas of our life. Just thinking back on my week, like Wednesday night, I I got home from small groups and it was kind of late, and so uh, I still wanted to stay up. I should have gone to bed, but I wanted to stay up, and so I just stayed up for a few hours watching The Office or something like that, and and so I I went to bed later than I should have. Consequently, I woke up the next morning way later than I should have, meaning I didn't get any time with the Lord. I didn't have a quiet time. Also meaning I didn't have time to prepare any meals for the day, and so I just ended up eating junk all day. Well, so I got home that evening, and I had built like this, this habit within these 24 hours of just kind of doing whatever I felt and not walking in self-control. And then my wife said something to me that I disagreed with that that uh, I, I didn't like, and so I just lost it. I got angry at her, and I said something that I regretted. I just barked at her, all because the past 24 hours, I had given myself over to just walking in a lack of self-control. So often in our lives, if we, if we allow ourselves to not be disciplined in one area, it, it will snowball out of control 
into all these other areas in our life. And so after that evening, I just had to refocus on self-control. I was like, okay, God, yep, I messed up today, but tomorrow's a new day. And so the next day, I just, all right, self-control. I got to remember to be controlled because it matters. So the question is to us here this morning, how have you allowed the enemy to knock down your walls? So if you are the city of Jericho, how have you allowed the enemy to knock down your walls so that he can have free reign? What impulses do you just give into constantly, day after day after day? Could be the impulse to look at pornography. Maybe it's the impulse to sleep with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's the impulse to do some drugs or drink some alcohol, get drunk. Maybe it's, it's more subtle things like you just give in to your anger real easily. You give in to those feelings of self-hatred or of self-harm or of anxiety. There, there are so many different ways that the enemy comes against us through a lack of self-control. And so what, what is that for you? As you're asking the Lord here this morning, what, what's the main area, God, that you want me to grow in self-control in? So as I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about, okay, man, we are just being attacked constantly from all ends, every spectrum. We are getting attacked. It reminded, of, reminded me of one of my favorite movies, The Lord of the Rings. And so there, there's this clip where uh, the, the good guys are defending their city. They're defending Helm's Deep, their city, and they are being attacked by, by these nasty demon orcs, and they're coming against them. And so as we watch this clip, I want you to, to think about what, what's that area that you just feel powerless over? What's that lack of self-control that, that is just eating your lunch day after day? That's the enemy in this scene. Let's check this out. So it begins.
is this all you can conjure, Saruman? Guys, that is, that is our life. We are just constantly under attack by our flesh, by the enemy, by the world around us. And if we are walking in self-control, then our walls are up just like they were there. And, and the enemy can only get in. You saw how they, they were getting over those walls? They had to throw these giant ladders up on this wall so that then they could climb over one by one, meaning they were very easily defended against. When we're walking in self-control, yes, we will still be attacked, but the attacks are much easier to defend against. You'll, you'll be like, when you're walking in self-control, like, like Gimli, the little uh, dwarf, the red-bearded guy, sliding under the orc's leg, hitting him in the chest, getting the other guy in the inappropriate area. That's what you're like whenever you're walking in self-control. You're able to easily defend your, your soul, the city that God has given you. <clears throat> but so often, whenever we are, are doing well, we end up like the king there. When he says, is this the best you got? Is this all you, you can do? Like, give, me, give me a challenge. That king responded in complete pride. And just like in our lives, so often pride comes before the fall. How many times have you been walking in, in a really self-disciplined way, and you start thinking, oh man, I'm past it. Like, I'm good. I'm, I'm healed. I'm delivered. And then, boom, because you started relying on yourself and thinking about how strong you were, God allows you to be humbled. Because it's not about us mustering up the strength to be strong. It's about us depending on Christ. It's about us loving him and allowing him to change us. And so when we respond in pride, bad things happen. When we don't have self-control, our walls come crumbling down. And look at what the enemy can do when our walls come crumbling down. Check this out.
you guys see how fast the enemy swarmed in once the walls were down? That was the main defense of that city. That's what made that city so impenetrable. And the enemy is smart. He'll come after your walls. He'll come after your self-control. Because once your walls are down, did you see how fast the enemy swarmed in and was able to, to take over, to, to push them back? I mean, the guys just had to retreat very quickly because beforehand, there was just one guy at a time coming over the wall. They were able to defend pretty easily. When that wall is down, they are getting overwhelmed in a hurry. Guys, it's the same thing for us. When we allow ourselves to not walk in self-discipline and self-control, we shoot ourselves in the foot so much just because we don't see the importance of self-control. Guys, self-control is not commanded of us because God is a killjoy, because he doesn't want us to have fun or doesn't want us to experience good things. No, God commands self-control of us because he knows it's for our highest good. He knows that in self-control is our greatest victory found. God has infinite strength and infinite kindness and goodness awaiting you that is often found through self-control. God's just waiting to give you victory. What, what's that, that sin struggle that, that you just struggle with over and over and over again? that you feel powerless against. God has supernatural victory in store for you, so often through self-control. Guys, listen to what even secular people will say about self-control. Listen to Ben Franklin. This is so wise that he had to put his Yoda hat on. It says, teach your children self-control, the habit of holding impulsive passion and selfish action subject to a righteous will, and you have done much to abolish misery from their future. You're saying, look, if, if you will teach your children self-control, you can avoid so much pain and misery in your life. And it's the same for us. It's the same for teenagers and adults and old people. If we will walk in self-control, then we will avoid so much pain and so much misery. Guys, self-discipline is a holy gift from God. It is the, the main defensive measure that he has given us against the enemy's attacks. How are you doing in walking in self-control? How are you doing in maintaining your walls? So if, if self-control is so important, the question is, okay, how do we gain it? If this is something that I need, how do I get it? Well, it has to start with humility. It has to start with admitting that we can't do it alone. So coming to God in prayer, just daily crying out to him, God, I, I can't muster up enough strength to change myself, but you can. So would you change me? Would you change my desires? Help me to hate my sin and help me to love you. It has to start there. But then we have to take it a step further. We have to use God's word. We have to use God's word as it was intended, which is as a sword. The Bible says that the word of God is our sword against the enemy's attacks. Meaning it's our only offensive weapon that we can use to fight back against the enemy. 
So what does it mean to use God's word as a sword? Well, it, it begins with reading it daily. Yeah, that, that's a start. But it has to go beyond that. We can't just settle for, for reading the Bible. We have to engage our heart and our mind in the truth of God's word and allow him to change us. And so when you're reading the Bible, you have to, to pray, God, I don't understand this, nor do I, I really want to be here right now, so you're going to have to change me. Holy Spirit, fill me with desire to know you more. Would you open my eyes so that I could see what you're really trying to say here? We have to pray our way through his word. And then you have to memorize it. Because when you're out and about throughout your day, you can't always just, okay, hold on, I'm, I'm tempted to feel angry. Uh, there was a verse that I think I remember, was it Philippians or uh, Abaniah or Jim and Jamba? I, I don't remember where it was. Uh, hold on, hold on, anger. Let me just look it up. No, we have to memorize it because it has to just come like that. We have to be able to pull out our sword when that temptation comes and fight it off and just keep hacking until it goes away. You have to learn to pick up your sword and fight with it daily. So what if we've already failed in this? What if, what if we have allowed ourselves to walk in, in a history of lack of self-control? What if we've, we've just given in to all of our passions and, and you're telling me, Kaylin, I, I hear this is great and good, but I've failed. I have failed miserably at this. So what, what's there for me? Well, Feel, feel better because we're all there. We have all failed miserably at self-control. I have failed and everyone in this room has. But it's not about being perfect. It's not about, about living up to the standard. It's about falling in love with Christ and finding more and more joy and victory and peace in him. So we have to, to pursue God, not, not perfection, not doing all the right things, but a relationship with Christ. So it's never too late because it's not about being perfect. It's about getting to know God. And we can get to know God every moment of every day. So there, there is always hope. Guys, if, if you will start earnestly looking to God for help, if you'll start daily just praying to him, God, I need you. I can't do this alone. Would you fill me with the strength and the grace to be able to, to walk out this life calling that you have on me, to be able to walk out purity and holiness and love and peace? If you'll start crying out to him daily, he will start strengthening you. And then if you'll start picking up your sword the word of God that he has given you to be able to fight back the enemy's attacks, you will see incredible victory in your life because of what God can do through that. If you'll remember, if, however many of you guys have seen this movie, they are tempted after they get overwhelmed by the enemy to just kind of call it quits. They, they retreat to their farthest point and they're like, there's thousands of, of bad guys out there, and there's like 10 of us. We got nothing. We might as well just die. They are tempted to just give up until they remember, hey, we, we have our sword. We have our swords, and we have the hope of the Christ figure in this instance, which is Gandalf, 
Gandalf said he was coming back. He's going to help. Okay, so what they do is they pick up their swords and they start looking to the hope that they have. So in your life, when you feel overwhelmed by a lack of self-control, when you feel like you failed, if you will just look to your Savior, look to Christ, the one who wants to fill you, the one who wants to save you, wants to give you strength, and you will start picking up your sword and fighting, incredible victory is awaiting you, just like this. Check it out. Christ has incredible victory in store for you if you will just start taking care of your walls. If you'll start walking in self-control and then whenever you fail, which you will, if you'll start picking up your sword and fighting, looking to Christ as your only hope, your only source of salvation. Could it be that in in 2018, God has in store for you more purpose, more fulfillment, more happiness and joy than you've ever had in your life through self-control? Guys, God has incredible things in store for you. You just have to start obeying and listening to his word. Guys, even if you've already given in to the sin, to the lack of self-control. It's never too late. 
There's always hope in Christ. There's always hope in his word. But you have to look to him and you have to fight. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. But it's simple. It's about maintaining self-control, maintaining your walls to protect you from the enemy's attacks. Guys, as we move into a time of response, go ahead and pull out your pen and paper from under your seat. We're just gonna do some business with the Lord. So guys, just go ahead and write out what what is that one area that God's been convicting you of all morning that he wants you to pursue more self-control in? What's that one area that you keep allowing the enemy to knock down your walls in that snowballs out of control into every other area of your life? Once you have it written down, just write out a simple prayer to the Lord. Humbling yourself, asking him for his grace, his strength, his power. Say, God, I I can't do this alone. I can't muster up enough strength. I can't learn enough techniques to to walk in self-discipline. I need your spirit. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit to have the Holy Spirit working inside of us to produce that. Because self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, guys, it is offered to an infinite measure to everyone who is in Christ. Everyone who has the Holy Spirit has received salvation, who knows Jesus. Guys, infinite victory, infinite self-control is offered to you through the infinite king of the universe. If you will start looking to him, start growing with him. And if you don't know Christ, if you don't believe who Jesus is, don't have the Holy Spirit it's real simple to take that step just say Jesus I am a sinner I can't save myself but you can Jesus would you come be my savior I make you my Lord today and if that's your heart then you receive the Holy Spirit and thereby you receive the infinite one's power. If you will just start walking with him, looking to him, relying on him. Guys, we're going to continue to respond as we worship together, as we take 
offering, or as we take our communion, as we give our offering. As we do, don't let your hearts move away from this moment. We want to respond with everything that Christ is wanting to do in us. So worship with all you have. Take communion with all you have, remembering Christ's death and resurrection for your salvation. Give your tithes and offerings with all you have, knowing that it's all from him anyways. Guys, God has incredible self-control in store for you in 2018. Start pursuing him in it. Start receiving it from him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we confess that we are broken people. We confess that that we cannot do this alone. We can't muster up the strength, muster up the the self-will to be able to walk in holiness and in purity. But God, you can. Holy God of heaven, you are the infinite one. You have have chosen to come live inside of us. And so you offer us here today your strength. You offer us, Holy Spirit, the fruit of self-control. Lord, would you help us to receive it? Would you help us to walk in that daily? And Lord, teach us to fight with your word. Teach us to use the sword of the Spirit, your word that you've given us. God, we look to you. We need you desperately. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.